definitely human. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It is Christmas in Hong Kong, 1921. Sebastian St. Battenberg and his overeager acquaintances are once again in a foreign land, investigating the mysteries of the occult. Hot on the trail of their only lead, Jonathan Ling, they find themselves underground and underprepared for the appalling truths that await them, because there are no tidings of great joy in the infinite bad. The Nightmare of Cao Yi Chao, Part 5 Stepping across the threshold into the tunnels, our heroes are immediately overpowered by the stench of human waste. These tunnels are bare, the walls are rough and crumbling mortar, with cracked tile flooring underfoot. Every dozen feet, a weak gaslight sputters, casting an unwelcome, jaundiced pallor over the misery. There are dozens of cages built into these tunnels, large enough to fit a person lying down and not much else. The cages are the abject homes of painfully thin men and women, although thankfully there are no children in sight. They huddle on matted and soggy piles of newspapers and stare up at Dorothy, Cornelia, Sebastian and Joy as they pass. A few cough, others smoke. Whatever small motions they perform, they seem like listless, nearly artificial representations of life. So profound is their wretchedness. This is quite sad. I don't think we're going to find many opportunities to buy gifts here. (laughs) (laughs) So the passage um, goes on for a little bit and you can see that there's a T-junction at the end of it with, uh, with corridors going left and right. I well, guess we power on down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but 
I want to get to the bottom of this, right? The fox face man, yes. No, not the fox. That was... No, forget no, about the fox face. It's all face. connected, Sebastian. It must be. What? No. Draco Hall. But that fox was... Fox faces. That, <laughs> the fox face was just a dream she had. Well, not now. We've seen it. Well, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No, but I do trust Cornelia. I trust Cornelia. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Yes, the fox-faced man as well is involved. <laughs> so shall we... I think we should... St- Stick together, person. I know that this left-right, we have an option here to split up. Feels but like a trap, doesn't it? It it feels like. <laughs> and let's go to the end of the corridor and then see what is at either end of this yeah. T. So you make it to the end of the corridor. Uh, are you? They, there's enough room for really for two of you to go abreast. So let me know what your marching order is, as they say. I'm in front. Yep. Uh, does it look dangerous? Uh, well, it looks very sad and depressing, but not yet dangerous. Not dangerous. I'll go in front. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, well, so it's Sebastian and Cornelia in front, yes. and then we're behind. Yeah, we're behind. Fine. Okay, great. You get to the end of the intersection, and looking left and right, all you can see is that each path leads to another intersection. Oh dear. This is incredibly depressing. Yes, there's more cages lining all the halls. Guess I'm kind of looking, like squinting at the picture of the man and kind of at just the people in the cages to see if anyone matches up. Uh, yeah, make a perception check or an investigation check, actually. Yeah, same die. Ah, 18. 18. Okay, uh, you looking at each of them, the main thing that you can notice is that the the man in the picture and from your recollection of having seen him at the party is healthier than the men that right. and that you see here. Here they're really on their last legs, many of them. Jonathan Ling was not, you know, a plump man, but he certainly had a more of um, a lively complexion when you saw him at least. I don't think I really did see him, did I? I think there was like a maybe a moment, but I was very drunk. And he was always across the room, yeah. really. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. he... he came mm-hmm. to me with a tea, but and that was about it, right? Okay. We never really... Mm-hmm. But yeah. we would have noticed, I think, we noticed generally that the waiters oh, yeah, they didn't at the hotel were not emaciated. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. Um, all right, should we, should we just go left? Okay. So you start going left, and then there is a turn to the right, uh, and you find yourselves in a small room that is a dead end now. The hallway has led to this room and it is a, a, a small square, about 20 feet. And inside this room, you can see that there is a bed, again, of soggy newspaper, a small lamp, uh, a gas lamp, a couple of, of pieces of, of, of change on the floor. And there is a man standing at the other corner of this room in the shadows, um, thrown off by the gas lamp. And as soon as he sees you, he steps towards you and begins screaming at you in Cantonese and starts uh, pushing at you, pushing at your chest and, and, and waving you away. He seems very upset that you're here. Are we just in this guy's room? It seems that way. And from what you're, from what you can see, this is uh, the luxury section of these tunnels because he's actually got a, a room. Does he look anything like the the picture of Jonathan Ling? Uh, no, 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 no. He doesn't look like him at all. I guess I just ignore him then. Check the picture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who has it? I come forward and um, show the picture. Okay. Uh, you show the picture to him, and for an instant, he looks down at it, uh, and then looks back up at you, Joy, uh, with a hard expression, and then points, points very determinedly back down where you came. Uh, and then he he grabs the, the, the pass, 
he goes back to uh, his his kind of cot area and he grabs a pencil and he draws you a little map of the area uh, and, and does a little circle and then he gives it back to you. Oh, okay. oh thank God. Yeah. Good man, thank you very much. Can we like give him a coin or something? I don't know what, six pence or a threepence. A, a, a threepence, yeah. Like a, <laughs> yeah. A, 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 Some two shillings worth. Yeah. Like pence. That. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> An appropriate amount of money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can we make sense of the map? Uh, yes, you can make sense of the map. Uh, and he, he looks at you somewhat resentfully when you give him the money. Oh. Um, and then he goes back to his cot. Does he accept the money, though? No. Oh. Oh. I, mm, I feel bad now. <laughs> I did, yeah. Um. I just shake my head, for God's sake, Dorothy. <laughs> and then I walk off. <laughs> I would like to uh, pat Dorothy on the shoulder and then walk after Sebastian. <laughs> I'm going to keep thinking about how condescending that gesture was and berating myself over it. <laughs> okay. Uh, as you start walking back, uh, following the path that this man has set out uh, on, on Ling's card, um, make dexterity checks all. Ooh. That would be a two. A six. Two. One. One. A one. one. <laughs> I know, it rolled back to a one. Wait, one, two, three. Two and six. Yes. Astonishing. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, You're walking, you find yourself walking through a particularly dark section of these hallways. Uh, There's actually, the gas lights seem to have gone out in this segment. And so you're kind of just feeling your way through. Uh, And Joy, you got a little bit reckless here and you tried to, to, to forge ahead. Uh, given that it's naturally dark already, you figure that you would do some reconnoitering stealthy style. Um, unfortunately, you slip very badly on something very slick on the ground uh, and you fall. You hear the wooden sound of a bucket tipping over and then you begin retching uncontrollably. Um, make a constitution oh. save. You're you've been covered in in human waste. Oh God! Nine. Okay. Uh, so Joy doesn't know it yet, but you've contracted cholera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? what? Oh no, that's really serious. No, that's bad. That's really serious. Oh, fuck. Um, but as far as Joy knows right now, this is just the most disgusting thing that's ever happened to her. Okay. Oh my God, this is disgusting. What is this um, mess? The what rest of you don't me? understand what's happening. She's screaming and you've heard her fall, um, but you don't quite understand, even though you, you understand that it's quite slick yeah. underfoot though, because all of you have nearly fallen as also. Presumably I would have some matches or something for my cigarettes. Yep. Can I light yep. a match? You can light a match. It flares more than you would expect it to. Uh, and you can see uh, this horrific, miserable figure of joy. Uh, and it seems like a bucket of shit has literally just been tipped all over her upper body and face as she slipped and knocked it over. Joy, my silly girl, what have you done? <laughs> oh, God. You've uh, got a bit of... Something on you. <laughs> oh, so try as hard as you can not to swallow anything, not to ingest at all. Yeah, spit out. Yeah, uh, you oh, make boy. a constitution save, and the rest of you make perception checks. Fifteen. Okay, uh, you you manage to uh, stop yourself from vomiting for about five seconds, and then it all starts coming out. Fair enough. Okay, uh, I got seven. I got seventeen. 
one. Okay. Uh, Sebastian, as you struck the match, uh, you notice that further on, you can see the glint of something metal, um, just as you struck it. But besides that, you don't see much else. And uh, Dorothy, you got a one. Mm. Uh, you, you're a bit overcome by the smell and the sight of her vomiting is also sending you into kind of re- dry heaves and wretches. <laughs> Oh, Dorothy. <laughs> I walk off towards the I would like to uh, pat Dorothy on the shoulder and go after. <laughs> uh, Come along, Joy. We'll get you cleaned up soon, I'm sure. Are you going to touch her and help her up? Or are you literally just like, walking past her and be like, Come along. I'm just, I'm verbally helping her up. I'm in, just, with my voice, is I there, encourage her. Is there any, I don't want to touch her. Is there anything like newspaper or something around that I could just scrape as much oh. as I could off. Just something. I feel like I'm not just going to walk along yeah. as I am. Yeah. I need to... Uh... I'll, I'll peel off a layer of petticoat. <laughs> if, you, if you want. I mean, you've got the bag with, with the adoption papers in it. <laughs> yes. Don't you dare. <laughs> Stop the show. Don't you dare. nothing else around well you've got the bag itself you've got a little okay. jacket on uh that you can like take off and, okay. and start daubing your your face and matted hair okay fine i take off my jacket i take out the gun and the <laughs> the, the knife and i put it into the bag and i start using the jacket to um get rid of all of the excrement all over myself um I look at the adoption papers, but I can see how upset Cornelia is. And so I put them back into the bag and walk along. Um, okay. With with hands trembling, you manage to do a, a relatively decent job of, of getting most of the effluent off you. Uh, and the four of you continue down the hallway. After about a minute's more progress... Uh, it's still quite dark and and you see that there's a, a light slightly further on. Um, but as you approach it, it starts fading a little bit. And at this point, you notice that you're stepping on what seem to be iron bars. And just as you do so, uh, you can hear the metallic creaking of something swinging shut behind you. Mm. That's not good. No. You hear a hacking cough behind you now. And one of the gas lights that was previously unlit on the wall hisses back to life and you can see uh none other than jonathan ling the waiter from the party yesterday uh he seems to be the one who has swung the cage shut behind you oh now ling is standing there and uh you notice immediately that he looks quite different from how he looked the night before Indeed, now he looks a lot more similar to the other people that you've seen here. It looks like he's aged 15 years overnight. He's gaunt and and sallow uh, and he's coughing almost constantly. Um, But he he regards you with uh, impassive eyes. Mr. Ling, I presume. Ah, we have caught you, <laughs> no. Jonathan Ling. Hold on. Ah, you thought you could escape, uh. but here we are. In our clutches now, aren't you? Yes. Let's not go accusing anyone of anything, Mr. Ling. We hope you might be able to help us. <laughs> With something. Uh, do you speak English? <laughs> okay, so uh, as you talk to you notice he's about two feet away from the bars of the of the cage. Uh, this doesn't escape, you'll notice. As Ling stares at you, he doesn't respond to you, 
that his deep dilated pupils quiver across your features and you notice that his chest is heaving and catching with these suppressed coughs. Uh, he begins listing then like a, almost like a doomed ship slowly but inexorably and then finally all at once. He falls to one side against the left wall of the room and then he begins sliding down his shoulder catching against the exposed mortar and the walls. His eyes do not leave you as he falls and they remain on your faces as he slumps near your cage. His breath is now shallow and ragged. He's sweating profusely and you can see rivulets of liquid kind of forming in his gaunt cheeks and you can see kind of uh, about half a dozen vanguard flies fat and curious have begun worrying at parts of his face. Can I fit my hand through the cage? He's two feet away. Can I like grab mm-hmm. at his jacket or like search for keys or something? Is there a way to get out? Is uh, there a lock for the uh, cage? Yeah. So make an investigation check within the cage. Six. Six. Okay. Uh, he's a little bit too far for you to reach with your hands. Uh, but he's he's quite close, uh, and having a quick look around the cage, uh, you don't see much. It doesn't seem to be padlocked. It just seems to be an actual lock worked in, in as part of the door itself. Was he like suffering from like opium withdrawal or something like that? Can I like can I check my medical knowledge? Yeah, make a medicine check. Eleven. Uh, yes, you would assume so, uh, especially because looking around this cage, you can see a long opium pipe about a foot and a half long. Can I reach him? Uh, yes, you can. Can I sort of drag him closer to me through the bars? Yeah, yeah, make a strength check. 12. 12. Okay, uh, you start dragging him a little bit closer towards you and he flops on top of your hand as as you do so. <laughs> um, do you want to check to see if he's got keys on him or something? Yes, I would like to start checking the body for keys. Okay, uh, so now that you've dragged the body closer, Sebastian, uh, you can, Joy, you can make an investigation check. Okay, good. Come on. Two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Empty annoying. pockets, just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so you manage to start emptying his pockets and uh, a few things come out, including the keys, but because you emptied them in such a hurry, the key actually drops and, and tinkles away a little bit further out of arm's reach. Mm. Oh. Um, how far out of arm's reach? Reaching your arm out, it's about a foot too far. Oh, it's quite but how far. How big's that opium pipe, though? It's about a foot and a half. Easy. Yeah. We'll just do that. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to do it? I'll go for it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Make a dexterity check. Four. Okay. Uh, you're kind of <laughs> pawing at it with the opium <laughs> pipe. Uh, you almost dropped the opium pipe, but you, you don't manage to make it, and you're you're nervous that if you keep trying, with your hands trembling. Oh God, this is how we die. Okay, <laughs> I I want to take over and do it because I have a stealth. Would stealth and survival would that not help me in my? Uh, no, but you have a high dexterity, so I think you would be a, a good candidate to do it. Mm. Eleven. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, with, with your uh, nimble. Uh, sense of coordination, you manage to catch the uh, key on the edge of the opium pipe and drag it towards you, and now you have it. Okay, good. Uh, In terms of the other things that you found coming out of Ling's pocket, um, there is a packet of cigarettes, there is a matchbook, which is surprisingly extremely ornate. Uh, Each match seems to have been intricately drawn on with the figure of a person, with the match head being that person's face. Uh, you also find an ornate and beautifully embossed invitation, which is written in a fine English hand. Mm-hmm. And what does it say? Uh, it says, My dearest Ling, your travails are nearing their end. Come to Kao Yi Chow tomorrow 
and find at last the greatness that lies within us all. Tria juncta in uno, and blessings on you and those you hold dear. Is there a date? Uh, no, there's no date. Who's it by? Who's it from? Uh, there is no name. Um, how how recent does it look? Like, is it yellowed or crinkled? Like, it, it looks very recent and it looks very uh, fastidiously maintained on the part of Lynn. I think we have our next address, guys. Yeah. Do you want to make sure this uh, key does open this door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I say we get the hell out of here. Let's try and open the door and, um, or let's open the door and leave. Okay, so the key does in fact open the door. Oh, thank nice. God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you managed to to uh, thread your way out of the uh, hallways again. Through Did the we want to check like what the deal with Jonathan is? Is he... Is he just like? Yeah, I mean, you can you can check his body. Yeah, that's. Is he dead? He seems dead now. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Not just on opium then. Hmm. Yeah, let's check him a little bit more thoroughly. I yep. think. Okay, so make a, an investigation check, and you make a medicine check, Dorothy. Five. Fifteen. Eleven. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twenty. Wow. Uh, so, Dorothy, you notice that there are a variety of cuts all up and down his forearms, uh, and that they, they are worn smooth, not shaved, but worn smooth, as if something has consistently caused friction to, to Ling's forearms, to the extent that uh, they they would just be smooth and glossy. And uh, to, your, to your familiar dread, uh, when you hold his mouth open, you can yeah. see that, in fact, several of his teeth have been removed. Oh, come on. The teeth again, you guys. Um, So his forearms are similar to the man's that we, the the man we killed in the pig death room. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meat room, yes. The forearms are the same. Yeah. And uh, look, he doesn't have any teeth. So So, there it is. Grand. Mm. Ah, All right. Just. So it's as if we can't escape it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's get out of here, guys. Let's leave. Let's leave. Okay, Okay, so you managed to make your way out of these uh, dark hallways and back onto the little landing uh, where the tram brought you. Indeed, um, perhaps your first stroke of good luck uh, in these past two days, the tram is there just as you emerge. Uh, a couple of, of other wretched souls have come out to wait on the platform with you. Uh, they're coughing into their hands or rolling cigarettes uh, and, and they step into the tram, still eyeing you nervously. They're not quite sure what you wanted here uh, or what you did, but you step onto the tram and the tram grinds its way into motion again and takes you uh, back out into the darkening evening now uh, or the kind of like fading light of dusk. Um, which is still a comfort to see the, the relative normalcy of the crowded streets of Hong Kong and Peel and Gage Street. Uh, and eventually the, the crowds thin out and you're brought back to the stop where you initially got this tram. I think the we need to get you cleaned invitation. off. Oh, right. Don't we? So we do we go... hold her down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joy, you're, you're feeling pretty poorly. Okay. <laughs> you need to, like, walk in the sea or something. <laughs> yeah, or something, or, yeah. I don't know that the sea in Hong Kong in the 1920s <laughs> would necessarily improve matters, but maybe, I mean, it, can we find, like, a any sort of hotel where we could just oh, rent a room sure. where we could... No. Well, out hotel. Yeah, yeah, you can take her back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that, maybe. So it's about a a half an hour walk, and you are feeling quite, quite dizzy and and, and wretched by the end of it, Joy. 
But once you get back, uh, you get back to your rooms and you manage to to run a bath and and actually clean yourself properly. Uh, You still feel quite unwell, um, but at least you're you're satisfied that you are clean now. Okay. And anything that you've picked up should have like a period in your body for several days. So you're fine and helpful to us for at least a few more days before you... God damn, Dorothy. (laughs) So cold. What do I do about... Oh, I would have brought a change of clothes, of course. Yes, right. I just changed my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now your your next lead, I suppose, then is this Cao Yi Chow. Cao Yi Chow. Are we going back to the... Um... The concierge. The concierge. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd like to go and see him Okay. Again. Uh, you go and see him, and as you're striding across the hotel lobby, uh, he sees you, and uh, he looks down at his watch, and then he says something to the colleague he's working with, and, and he steps out into the back room. Uh, the colleague that he's he's working with, um, a, a short uh, Chinese lady in her mid-40s, looks a little bit confused at him, uh, and then gives you a, a pleasant, if officious, smile, and says, Hello, can I help you? Yes, we are looking for Cao Yi Chao. Is that, did I get that right? Ah, Kao Yi Chao. Yes. Uh, you want to go to the island? Yes. Yeah, the island. Yes, yes that's exactly that's where we right. want to go. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, you go to Admiralty. There's boats there. Boats there. That was a lot easier that was very last easy. time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so Admiralty is is a section of Hong Kong, uh, which is basically the the dock area of Hong Kong. So it's going to take you about twenty minutes to get there. Okay, just enough time to smoke an entire pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, just work your way through the entire one, one a minute. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the dock area of Hong Kong Island is known simply as Admiralty, and it consists of a long covered walkway on two tiers with hundreds of boats and ships of a dozen different sizes and provenances crowding in the filthy water. There's Chinese junk boats with their distinctive fan-like red sails drifting between dozens of smaller fishing vessels, while huge British ships loom like mountains overhead, defining the floating landscape. Amidst them towers the HMS Tamar, which was hulked 20 years ago, but is still floating in the harbour, serving as a base for the British Navy in Hong Kong. It's it's a working dock, and it's both a military and a commercial dock. Um, so there's a lot of activity here, and there's not a, a lot of guidance about how to go about uh, finding a, a boat to take you. There's not like a, a map or a, a set of, of routes. We should just... I, yeah, I guess I uh, go down and, and try to just sort of catch someone's eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, by waving my hand directly in their face until they <laughs> acknowledge me. Okay, uh, make a perception check. Eight. Nine. Eleven. Nineteen. Okay, Sebastian, you've taken the lead here, and uh, you're a head taller than anyone else here, which allows you to kind of see over the thronging crowds at the docks. Uh, and indeed, you can see... Um, you can see a face that you recognise. It's actually Sophia from the night before. Oh. And she seems to be wandering around the docks also. Uh, she is talking to various dock workers and boatmen, uh, and you notice that she is doing so in Cantonese. Ah. Mm. Uh, that annoying woman at the party. <laughs> I forget her name, but she's the one with the uh, writing The journalist. All the, time. the journalist. The journalist, yes. <laughs> She's there. We should go and 
she's speaking in their language, so good yeah, person yeah, yeah. to yeah, to talk to, probably. Yeah, let's yes. ask her for some help, maybe. Okay, so who's going to approach Sophia? Yeah, she did seem yeah. to, Dorothy. to like me she a likes little you. bit, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Keep an eye out for any good knickknacks that we might be able to find. <laughs> something to think about. Should I offer her any information or any leads in exchange for her help? I'm not sure if she's just going to help us out of the goodness of her heart. Mm. We can promise leads. Yeah. You should offer I her up the I... invitation and say, we're trying to go here. You know, have you heard about it? Would you like to come or something? Uh, Put it to her like that. Do we want her company, though? Ugh. That's a question... That we need to really think honestly about. Because she was annoying. I mean, of all the sort of evils we've encountered. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that high on my list, personally. It's someone who's kind of vaguely annoying. I mean, believe me, you get used to it. <laughs> okay. Um, I could also say, like, that if we figure anything out, that we're working on a big mystery and if we figure anything out she'll be the first person she'll mm-hmm. have exclusive access to the story yeah. yeah use that word exclusive i like that yeah as journalists <laughs> <laughs> yeah shall i do that yeah all right yeah let's do it so i'm going to approach her with the invitation okay uh as soon as you're within 20 feet of her uh she immediately calls out to you and starts pushing through the crowds dorothy taylor Sophia, fancy running into you here. She gives you a fierce embrace and a wet kiss on both cheeks. I reciprocate, (laughs) I suppose. Um, uh, I shudder. She says, my dearest friend in this savage island. Oh, Oh, she's, I forgot about your... Little racism. <laughs> um, Sophia, I, crazy party last night, right? <laughs> crazy. It was crazy, wasn't it? Yes. Well, I was quite tired, so I retired quite early. Um, but I heard from other guests, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Brackford was, was uh, unwell all of today, recovering. So I, I assume it went, uh, it went on quite late. Yep. It was, it was insane. Um, so question, uh, you know, I can't stop thinking about what a great job you're doing forging a path for female journalists in a man's profession, and... She's nodding vigorously. (laughs) Yes, you understand. I do, I do. It's, it's really inspirational. You're an inspiration to us all. Um, and, you know, nothing would make us happier than granting you exclusive access to the mystery that we're working on once we find some answers but first we have to find some answers do you think you could help us with that sophia her eyes widen into saucers and she says of course point the way wonderful all we need is to figure out what boat to get on in order to get to this island and i show her the invitation okay she looks at the invitation and she reads it uh, a couple of times and she starts speaking to herself in very rapid Portuguese. Uh, she grabs out her little notebook and starts scribbling inside it, while, and almost as if she's transcribing the invitation. Well, I don't like this. No, I don't like this either. Um, do, what, do you want to take the invitation away from her? <sighs> I think you're just going to have to grin and bear it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have any other way of figuring out where to go, so I'm um, not going to alienate her. 
Okay, so she snaps her little notebook shut, and you can no- you notice it has a little silver lock, and she closes it, puts it into her coat. A silver uh, lock, how precious! <laughs> <laughs> My hands twitch. <laughs> I just want to crush it. <laughs> and then she says, "Yes, Kaui Chao. Uh, it is an abandoned island. I think there was a, a military outpost there some time ago, perhaps." Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, some sort of governmental function, but it has since been since been abandoned. I had been thinking of going there, but because there didn't seem to be any lead taking me there, Dorothy Taylor. <laughs> well, yes. She starts, um, she grabs you by by your bicep and starts dragging you uh, towards a portion of the dock and, and starts a, immediately interrogating uh, a, a quite bewildered looking man uh, dealing with his fishing boat and trying to get his his catch out for the day because it's getting to night now uh she speaks in very rapid cantonese and you don't understand how good it is um but he seems to be able to understand her and he talks back to her and then she, you hear the words kai chao um but she the, the the man on the boat shakes his head shakes his head and he points down to another boat uh further down the dock and this sequence repeats itself about a half dozen times until you're getting very bored and irritated. Um, But Sophia's uh, enthusiasm doesn't wane at all. Um, And at the end, after about six tries, she turns to you uh, as you stand in front of a relatively small junk boat with these big red sails, which are a little bit decayed and have a few holes in them. There's three people on the boat. Uh, and the one of them that Sophia is talking to seems to be looking expectantly at her, and she turns to you and says, "So, uh, how are your fun situation doing?" I guess we all look to Cornelia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the haggling is brief but energetic, and Cornelia finally agrees to pay five Hong Kong dollars up front for the journey. Almost as if they were hoping not to reach an arrangement, the sailors look at each of our heroes in turn, nervously, before throwing their cigarettes into the water and preparing the rigging to leave harbour. Sophia excitedly hops onto the boat with both feet, slips and almost falls. She beckons them in enthusiastically and our heroes exchange pained looks of exasperation. As the boat pushes off from the dock, the three sailors seem fully despondent, pointedly avoiding eye contact with their passengers. Once it hits open water, Sophia looks up at the HMS Tamar. Ah, the Tamar! It was involved in the bombardment of Alexandria in 1882, in Egypt, you know. Yes, it was a military success, yet it suffered greatly this campaign. There was a mutiny on board, you see. A strange, violent mutiny. We do not know much about it, but it was refitted afterwards and has been here in Hong Kong ever since. Our heroes turn and look at one another as their small boat drifts out of reach of land and no one speaks a word. You've been listening to The Nightmare of Cao Yi Chao. Written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling. With music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor. Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish. David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg. And Charlie May as Joy Dutton. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow us on Twitter at The Infinite Bad and support the production of this series on Patreon. 
That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. The Infinite Bad is a definitely human production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.